Hello, and welcome to the Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm here to help you understand what you just read in the Bible. Hello, everyone. I am so glad you're on this journey with me. If you are new, welcome. If you have any questions on how the podcast is laid out, you can listen to my introduction episode. And everyone is welcome to go to my website, bmepodcast.com, to drop me a note ask any question, or just get up to date on the podcast with the resources I have there, including links to all of my pop culture references. Welcome to week 36. This is Ezekiel chapters 22 through 41. Timeline is approximately 591 BC to 573 BC. We're going to jump into chapter 22. We start where we left off. The Lord is naming out the sins of the people. I was appalled, disgusted, and prayed I would not practice those sins. Look, we are all sinners, and while sin is sin, the consequence of sin is different. I do not want to do things to my fellow humans that would have such horrific consequences as some of these things were and are. Then, to make sure we are seeing the sins perspective, God gives the analogy of two nations as sisters and yeesh. Not only does it put this in the perspective, but I think it gives us the vision of what our sin looks like. Having said all of that, please note that while, yes, we are sinners, God forgives us and loves us and wants us to come back to him through his son, Jesus Christ. This is living proof of what happens if we don't. This is a cautionary tale of what life can be like if we don't learn from our past brothers and sisters. Chapter 24, we see God make Ezekiel write down this day as it is the day that Jerusalem is destroyed. Furthermore, God tells Ezekiel that while his wife will die, to not weep or do any of the customary mourning rituals. He can groan, but that is it, and not to speak. Meanwhile, the people are like, what on earth? Because we are stubborn creatures, and God's like, how Ezekiel is, you will be. And I don't understand why God allowed what he did to Ezekiel, and I won't even begin to speculate. I'm far from God. But at the same time, I think we can all agree that it just sucks. And sometimes the consequence of our collective actions hit the most innocent of people. In chapter 25, God then has Ezekiel prophesy over all the nations that came against Judah, Ammon, Moab, Edom, Philistia. In chapter 26 through 28, God will punish the sins of his own people, but the rest of the people aren't free and clear either. Learn how not to be tired. (laughs) They were... They even were given a lament, not to mention the prophecy against the king of Tyre. We also see the prophecies against Sidon and Egypt, but in chapter 29, he gives the reward to Nebuchadnezzar for doing what God told him to. In chapter 30, Egypt is given their own lament, and we go into prophecy. Some of what is said is what is happening in that day. Other parts are for the day of the Lord, which is when Jesus comes back, so it hasn't happened yet. However, when it speaks about Pharaoh's broken arms, it is said that this is somewhat figurative and that most statues and depictions of power for the Pharaoh were his arms stretched out. And in context, Pharaoh Hophra was killed by his own people also seen in Jeremiah 44.30, and Nebuchadnezzar was strengthened with his victory. Chapter 31 is comparing Egypt to Assyria, and as Assyria fell, so will Egypt, and so will everything around it, and therefore the lament in chapter 2 is further comparing the two kingdoms. Now, while Egypt is clearly no longer the power seat it once was, it is by no means gone like the Assyrians, so therefore the final destruction of Egypt is to come. In chapter 33, Ezekiel becomes a watchman again, making sure to tell people who are sinners or have gone into a life of sin to repent. If they don't, after they have heard from Ezekiel, that is on their own head. However, if he doesn't tell them, that is on him. And I think 
chapter 33, verses 17 through 20 is as relevant today as it was then. It says, Yet your people say, The way of the Lord is not just, but it is their way that is not just. If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and does evil, they will die for it. And if a wicked person turns away from their wickedness and does what is just and right, they will live by doing so. Yet you Israelites say, The way of the Lord is not just, but I will judge each of you according to your own ways. And a good conviction from verses 31 through 32, my people come to you as they usually do and sit before you to hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. Their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy and unjust gain. Indeed, to them, you are nothing more than the one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words, but do not put them into practice. When God speaks to us, may we hear it and do as he tells us. Chapter 34, The Lord Will Become Israel's Shepherd. As we know this to be true because Jesus comes, he is known as the good shepherd and will reign over all, but especially Israel. Don't you just love how the Bible, how connected the Bible is from the Old Testament to the New Testament and back? And then a quick prophecy from against Edom, God is leaving no one out. As this happens, chapter 36, though, we see how God is sovereign and in charge as while his people are being punished and rightly so, he does not leave them there. He even tells the land that there will be hope again. There will be restoration. And not only will the people return to the land, more importantly, they will come back to God himself. In chapter 37, probably one of the coolest visuals that I hope we get to see in heaven is God having Ezekiel prophesy over the Valley of Dry Bones and tell them to come back. And they do. And I always have the vision from the scene from the mummy when the soldier sort of came back to life. And as the mummy is going through the stages of regeneration, but that's all I got until God uh, shows me what it really looked like. If he does. Yeah, that's up to him. And then God has Ezekiel put two pieces of wood together, showing that Israel will no longer be divided as it was after Solomon with Israel being one and Judah being the other, but they will be together. Chapter 38 and 9, we see the prophecy against Gog and Magog. And while it had meaning at the time, it will have meaning again, which when we get to the book of Revelation, we will talk more about that. Uh, Chapter 40 and 41, we see the restoration of the temple. Now, again, this did happen, and we will see that as we get to Ezra and Nehemiah in a bit. However, since the temple was destroyed once more in 70 AD, it will be rebuilt again, and we will read that in Revelation as well. So this is where we end today. If you have any reactions, thoughts, questions, or words you need to throw my way, please do so at my website, bmepodcast.com. Have a most fabulous week, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.